Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is March 27th, it's 2019, and we only have five basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother, Junipero7. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, this one, this is an interesting slate right here, to say the least. Um, it's it's going to be real tough to figure out what to do on this. Luckily, the first game doesn't start till 5, so if anything weird does end up happening in either of the two late games... Um, we could potentially get news beforehand, but I don't think I've ever seen this many just full teams are completely injured. Um, this is a super interesting slate with a whole lot of value that could go any number of different ways here. So it's absolutely horrible and fantastic kind of at the same time. Yeah, it's March. It's March basketball um, at, at its finest here. You know, we're getting towards the end of March. We're getting towards the end of basketball season. So, it's just it's like March, March basketball at its finest. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Uh, like you were saying, you know, when we're looking at the slate as a as a whole, really gonna have to be paying attention to injury news today because you know that's gonna make a huge difference. Um, Anything else that you're kind of like just thinking about overall on the slate before we break it down? I mean, it's going to be a lot of it's going to be figuring out which value to use. Um, There are so many different plays that could end up just absolutely destroying on this slate here. And I have a feeling that it's going to be the type of slate tomorrow where it's going to be more important than ever to kind of look at ownership for tournaments because... Some of these values, just like a simple pivot from one guy to another, could in, potentially end up just netting you massive amounts of money because you take a guy that's 45% owned value and you just swap over to a 5% owned value. It's, it's kind of the same thing that happened if you didn't end up playing McConnell on the last slate. If you didn't do that and you went instead with, on um, at least early like, sites, with the lawn right or one of the other. Um, Memphis value guys are multiple of them not knowing if Conley was out then you just made massive amounts of money so you got to be you got to be prepared to swap off super chalky options and be kind of cognizant of who is the actual chalk all right before we get into this slate if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor make sure you head on over there check them out it's fantasydraft.com sign up through the rotor grinders links that way you get access to anything that we do with fantasy draft um, any cool promos or anything that we do with them they got a bunch of stuff going on for NBA, PGA, NHL, and of course, most importantly, they got, they got their baseball contest up for opening day. It is the full 1 o'clock 14-game slate. It is a $15,000 tournament, $25 buy-in. Um, $15,000 home run has a 20-entry max, so you're not playing against 150 teams. So I, I like baseball over there on Fantasy Draft. You can you can really stack teams up. You can play six people. The flexibility for lineup construction, just like basketball, um, like we talk about all the time, it, it's fun. So if you haven't checked out Fantasy Draft, make sure you head on over there, check them out. Um, and like I said, their baseball product is, is a lot of fun. So baseball yeah, right around the corner. 
something to be cognizant of on days where a lineup will have two. I mean, I guess it's a little bit different over on FanDuel now last year with the utility spot. Um, but sometimes over on DK, there's only two guys that are both first base eligible on the same team there. Never a problem over on Fantasy Draft to get three infield spots, three outfield spots, two utility spots, if I remember correctly. And so it makes stacking up teams with guys that aren't both multi-positionally eligible uh, makes stacking a whole lot easier over there. So games you want to get more exposure to, Fantasy Draft is probably one of the best places to do that if you want to stack it up a different way. All right, let's get into this. Amazing, awesome, wonderful five-game end-of-March NBA slates. We start with Portland at Chicago. No total in this one. Um, McCollum is out. Nurkic is out. Um, uh, wish him a very fast and speedy recovery. That was uh, very gruesome to watch. Uh, wish him the best. Chicago side, Levine is questionable. Marketing is questionable um, with an illness that he got during the game on Tuesday. Porter is questionable. Dunn is questionable. And Wendell Carter Jr. is out. Um, they didn't rule any of those guys out for both games, so we're just putting them down as all questionable. We, get, we should get some news here uh, throughout the day as far as Chicago goes. But let's start with Portland. Um, Ennis Cantor is where we need to start, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, again, like I said, this slate has a whole bunch of value. But Cantor going up against uh... – a not great Chicago team that's going to be missing all their players and not going to really have a whole bunch of size here. He's priced at 5K. And we know what Cantor can do on a full minute or a point per minute basis or a per minute basis here. And he should be pushing 30 plus minutes here. Um, he's not really a defensive liability because Rolo isn't going to end up doing that much, especially on the second of the back to back. He's pretty much a lock and load for me, considering a, most of the center options on this slate. Um, and like he's just by far the best point per dollar play out of all the centers here. I mean, something could end up happening where uh, McGee's in, ends up out or something ends up happening where that could change. But as of right now, he's just pretty much a stone cold lock to me right now. Uh, he's too cheap for his minutes. And the only way that can really end up biting you is if they end up going small for some reason or if it's complete blowout, which is also possible. But Cantor is just. I mean, he's got he's got to go for forty here, right? It's it's I don't see I, I see a hard road for him not going for at least thirty five plus, which is seven x. So, um, I think Cantor probably going to be one of the first guys in for me today. You know, you hate to see anybody get injured, but you know we have to take advantage of any kind of injuries that we see for NBA. And you know, with McCollum out and can't and um. Nurkic out, like Lillard and Cantor are staples for me, even on a five-game slate where we have a ton of studs. Like Lillard's usage is just through the roof right now with McCollum off the floor. He just continues to put up 60 points every night. I think the worst you're looking at here is like four and a half X, but I think you're looking more at like six X here for Lillard. And um, on a five-game slate, raw points are going to matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my one problem with Lillard is – Westbrook's about 600 more. Paul George is slightly less. And yes, they don't have a good matchup going against Indy, but I, I, I kind of want to wait and see. We don't currently have the line uh, for this game yet, and we don't know exactly who's going to be playing, who's not going to be playing. If this game has a decent shot at staying close, then I, I really like Lillard, but that's my one concern is Lillard being in a game for only two and a half, three quarters here, um, just because this could get out of hand really quick. But 
just if you're not taking blowouts into account, he's probably the top play on this entire slate. From a raw points perspective, I like him over Westbrook. I like him over Georgia if we're not including the blowout. Outside of him, I mean, we're taking a look at Aminu. There's a decent chance this game goes a little bit smaller, especially if Markinen doesn't end up uh, playing. And, I mean, he could push for high 30s minutes. I mean, he's 4,600. I know there's a lot of value on the slate, but I'm assuming that he's going to be in for a boatload of minutes here, although they could end up throwing Collins in there a bit more. Yeah, I still think I'd, I'd play Harkless. Um, I still think Seth Curry is interesting. You know, he closed the other night for the third straight game with McCollum off the floor. He played almost all the overtime minutes as well. So I think if I'm taking a value shot, it's probably Seth Curry or Harkless. But I get the Aminu love um, for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's really like this is a game I'm gonna have to watch because we're gonna kind of want to see what happens here with no Nurkic. Is Zach Collins, like you said, gonna get minutes here? Um, are they gonna play Layman? So, not the best judging game ever because of Chicago's size, but certainly gonna try to see what kind of rotations we see in the first half of this game to try to get an idea of what we're looking at for the rest of the season for Portland, um, or at least until McCollum's out. You know, Chicago side of things. We're waiting on a lot of news here. If Levine, Dunn, Markin, and Porter are all going to play or not. If all those guys sit, I, I think you could go right back to the 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 Harrison, Archie, you know, road. Uh, those guys both played over thirty minutes. Wayne Selden ended up playing forty minutes against the Raptors on Tuesday. Um, what are you looking at here for Chicago? Yeah, they're kind of the reason why I'm not really looking at a lot of those other cheaper guys over on the Portland side of it, because I think even in a blowout, um, most of these guys are going to end up with a decent amount of run. I'm kind of going under the assumption that for sure Porter, Dunn, and Levine are going to be out. I've seen them listed at doubt, or I think I heard some of that they were doubtful, but that could have just been a complete guess on their part. But I'm not going to be surprised if all of them are missing, and if they are, then Shaq immediately becomes one of the better plays on the slate. Archie is right up there with one of the best plays on the slate. Selden's up there with one of the best plays on the slate. And honestly, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to go with Rolo. Um, I need to double check and see how many minutes he ended up playing tonight. But yeah, so he's going to be a little bit more rested. He's going up against Cantor defense. He's 4,900. People generally don't go with Rolo. Could end up with 30-plus minutes here uh, with all the injuries, although we don't really know exactly what's going to happen. I, apparently, Markinen is ill, but um, I was kind of surprised to see him not play in the second half, but apparently he was not feeling well. Um, but I could see Rolo in for a decent game here, just 4,900. If he's if everyone else is gone, then he could potentially be in for a big workload here. But, I mean, honestly, I think this is, depending on the availability of Conley, and the availability of the four stars here. I think this is where you end up looking for a lot of your value. Yeah, especially on FanDuel. Um, you know, you're looking at it, Archie's 3,600, Wayne Selden's 3,600, um, even Blakeney's uh, 3,500. So when you're looking at this game just overall, you're probably going to get uh, a few of your FanDuel punts uh, from this game as well. So a uh, good game to target for value. Um you know, cancer, they priced him up a little bit more on Fandle than they did on DraftKings, which potentially might lower his ownership a little bit, which I like for tournaments. So 
Um, all right, moving on. We got Golden State at Memphis. No total in this one. Damian Jones out. Uh, Kyle Anderson's out. Bradley's out. Brooks is out. Jackson is out. Noah is out. And Conley is questionable. Let's start with Golden State. Um, what are we looking at here for the Warriors? I mean, all of them are priced fine for a matchup versus Memphis. I know that Memphis hasn't played great defensively lately, but with all the injuries that they have going on, I don't see many ways that this game ends up staying too close here. I know that they're probably trying to win right now just because the thing that Dean and Bobby apparently explained uh, that I completely forgot about. But like, I, I don't really, unless some guys end up getting ruled out for rest, then I don't really see a need to play anyone here. Curry's fine. Durant's fine. Cousins fine. Clay's fine. Green's fine. But none of them are the best plays at their own uh, respective price points. Uh, I'd rather pay up for some of the other studs that I think raw points are going to be a lot more important. So paying up for Lillard or paying up for Westbrook or Paul George just kind of outweighs going with Curry, Durant, and then going with even J-Val on the other side instead of Cousins, I feel like is a better option. So if someone gets ruled out, it could change things. But as of right now, I don't, I don't, feel the need to play any Golden State player at all. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at on Golden State, too. It's Unless people start getting ruled out, I'm not going to you know, take any shots here. If people start getting ruled out, obviously, you know, it makes a huge difference. Just have to fire up Court IQ and see how over like the last month, I would use the last month kind of numbers to see how people are doing when those guys are out, um, if anybody gets ruled out. So, um, on the Memphis side of things, like Conley obviously is the news that we're looking at here. If we get news that Conley sits, I think you go right back to Dorsey and Wright. These guys have been phenomenal. Um, you know, outside of those two guys, assuming that you like those two guys, if we get news that Conley sits, what else do you like here for Memphis? Um, outside of yeah, assuming Conley sits, I think you can take a shot on J Val. Obviously, just crushes on a point per minute basis, and even. In 26 minutes, he can still end up meeting value at 7,700 here. If the game somehow stays close, then he could absolutely crush here because, I mean, all the usage has to go through him. He's playing really well. If the minutes are there, then you know that he's going to have pretty much a good game unless he ends up getting into foul trouble. Uh, and if Conley's out, yeah, you're absolutely right. Dorsey and Wright are two of the better plays on the entire slate. I think that you can look at Holiday. I think you can look at Parsons. I don't know if I'm... Uh, going to chase Bruno in his outing last time or the other night. Um, I just don't really see him doing that again. And I assume that some people are going to end up being on him just because of what they saw there. I probably wouldn't take a shot on Rab. I guess really like Dorsey and Wright are by far going to be my two favorite plays from this game. If Conley is ruled out and then it's followed a little bit after that by holiday and then probably Parsons. But um, J-Val is still in play. just becomes a little bit tough to play, not knowing how many minutes he's going to end up using or playing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Wright, Dorsey, my two favorite plays. If Conley's out, uh, Valanchunas uh, is well in play here. But don't know if I'll chase uh, anything else in this game. Uh, we have plenty of value in that Portland-Chicago game that I don't know if I have to take. Now, you know, you pull a projected ownership, and some of these Memphis guys are like, a fifth of the ownership of maybe some of the Chicago guys, then, then like I'm, I'm going to probably look at them a little bit more. So um, that would be where I'd, I'd start looking at that situation a little bit differently. 
Yeah, and then also if Conley ends up playing, I'll take some tournament shots on Conley. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Conley plays. I think you could look at Valanciunas even more. Yeah. Uh, Pacers at Thunder, 216 and a half total here. Thunder favored by six in this game. Really not a lot of injury news. Um, Collison is questionable. That's really all we got. Let's start with the Pacers. What are we looking at here for Indiana? Turner. Um, you can play Turner. I want nothing else to do with Indy. Um, none of these guys. I mean, like we said, we already mentioned four or five great uh, plays in between four and five and a half K. And that's really where most of these guys end up falling. I don't really have any desire to place a bonus. Um, Bogdanovic, I'm not going to chase his 13 for 16 shooting night. Collison, if he plays, then maybe you can look at him, but I'm probably not going to. If he doesn't play, I don't really have much interest in Joseph. Um, unless Conley ends up playing, then you can probably look at Joseph more, or if any of the Chicago guys end up playing, then so uh, Joseph could be in play. But as of right now, assuming that Conley's out um, or multiple of the Chicago guys are out, I have no interest in anyone outside of maybe a shot or two on Turner. Yeah, and Collison's supposed to play practice on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I, I like Turner here. You know, I've talked about it a bunch recently. I know people have been talking about Meansy has been talking about it in expert survey a bunch too. And I think he even mentioned in his core articles on Monday, like the thunder as good as Steven Adams has been defensively throughout his career. He is really struggling recently. They're 28th in defensive efficiency against centers over the last 10 games. Um, the Thunder overall has struggled defensively against point guards and centers, centers and power forwards in that in that span. So I do like this spot for Turner. I don't think I can pull the trigger on Thaddeus Young here, but I could see Thaddeus Young having a good game. Uh, and then on the Thunder side of things, like you know Westbrook, Paul George uh, firmly in play here. I know the Pacers uh, very good defensively. Throughout the season, but you know when we start looking at recent stats, they've been a little bit worse on defense. So I think you can look at Westbrook or Paul George. Don't think I play them both together, but I think you can look at one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only way I'd end up playing both of them together is if I'm kind of stacking up this game a little bit and throwing Turner in on the other side and maybe one other guy, but I don't even see myself doing that. It's either Westbrook or George in all likelihood for me. Um, and Westbrook, I'm – Depending on what the line is for the Chicago game, uh, Westbrook might be a worse play for me than Lillard. Uh, but if this game ends up with a close line, I'm probably going to end up siding a little bit more on Westbrook than I am on Lillard here. And then Paul George, I think I prefer to Westbrook. Um, I mean, Westbrook's had some good outings lately. He's had some bad outings lately. But uh, this is Paul George revenge a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, I know it's been a while, but – uh, Paul George, I'm just going to take the $600 price savings, knowing that there's a whole lot more value at the guard position than there is at the four position. And I'd just rather roll with cheap guards than cheap forwards here. Yeah. You know, when you're, especially if you're building on like FanDuel, like it, it, I, I think it'd be interesting to see like if LeBron plays on a back to back, which we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But like, I, I like Paul George. I think you on Fanduel, you're probably likely playing one of the stud small forwards uh, between LeBron, George, and Durant. So I do like Paul George here on Fanduel, especially, but I, I like him on DraftKings as well. And I think you'll be able to fit in George and Lillard together, just knowing how much value that we have on the slate. Yeah. Um, anything else from the Thunder? Any interest in Adams or Grant or any of these guys? I mean, no. 
No, I mean, I, I, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of scenarios where Adams ends up outscoring Cantor. Uh, I can't think of any, at least. So just a no-go for Adams. I mean, not taking Grant, not taking uh, any ch- shots on Schroeder either. All right, let's uh, move on. Washington at Phoenix. 231 total here. Washington favored by one and a half. They're on a back-to-back. Ariza is questionable. Phoenix side of things. Jackson is questionable. Tyler Johnson's out. Uber is out. And TJ Warren is out. So we got to see what's going on here with Josh Jackson and see if he plays or not. It is a back-to-back for Washington with travel from L.A. to Phoenix. Um, let's start on the Washington side of things. Uh, obviously, if somebody gets hurt during this game, they're playing as we're recording, so we won't know. Um, but, you know, then we'll know in the morning. But what do you like here for Washington? I mean, mostly a game stack here. Uh, I think there are a lot of decent pieces. No one stands out as a fantastic player. Beal probably wouldn't expect more than mid-30s minutes. And at this price tag, I don't think he pays it off too often. Parker, don't entirely trust his minutes. I don't trust Bryant's minutes on a back-to-back here. Sadoransky's priced at about where he should be. Um, he can crush value, but most likely he's going to end up in the low 30s here. Portis is a fine option, um, but he's priced at where he should be. None of these guys seem like they're all priced appropriately. That's pretty much it. So it's really just a game stack scenario that's currently a one-point spread at 230 over under in this game here. So it, it, it would just be hoping this game stays close or maybe goes to OT would be the only way that I'm really using any of these guys. Or if I just happen to land on any of their respective prices, I don't have a problem with throwing them in. Yeah, like I like Thomas Bryant. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about him for like a week or so now. Matchup with Aiton is really good. Um, you know, we we've talked many times this season about centers against Aiton. Um, so I, I think this is a good spot for Thomas Bryant. I think this is a good spot for Bobby Bobby Portis. Um, little concerned about the back to back aspect of this game, but you know, Washington's trying to win every game right now. Uh, so I do think that. They'll use their guys. I, I think, though, if they lose to the Lakers tonight, I think they're officially or like th- it'd be one more game, I think, or something. But like they're getting really close to being officially eliminated. So that's when like I'm going to be really concerned about playing Bradley Beal when that happens. Um, you know, especially at his price. I think that like, you know, it, I'm pretty sure if they lose, they're officially um out but i could be wrong it could be maybe one more game that they would have to lose or magic or the heat would have to win so um that's the only thing that kind of concerns me about playing bradley beal but uh bryant young guys i don't mind the young guys here for washington yeah uh phoenix (laughs) Phoenix, phoenix phoenix uh yeah booker's usage right now is pretty intense um it's hard not to like Booker knowing that he's probably going to take 25 plus shots in this game. Yeah, no, I Booker is one of the top spend ups on the entire slate here. Um, also a reason why I'm not really a huge fan of playing Beal here. Yes, he does end up taking up a valuable guard spot, but in all reality, you're going to have to spend up on one of the three guards, uh, main three guards on the slate here. And I think depending on the line for the Portland one, I slightly prefer Dame. Um, but if that's, a big line and all those guys are out, I would probably end up going up with Booker instead. But Booker going up against Washington, high total game. You've got to assume that he has – he quite possibly has the highest ceiling on the entire slate here. 
Um, after him, Aiton is a good spot here. I mean, going up against Washington here, I wouldn't be surprised if they limited Tom's his minutes over on the other side, which will probably bode a little bit better for him. Washington obviously hasn't been great at times. Plus, uh, Ryan could end up getting into foul trouble here. So I like Aiton. Outside of him, if Josh Jackson is playing, then I don't have a problem with playing him. But most of my like, – I don't want to pay for any of these other cheap guys considering what other value we have on the slate. So it's really just paying up for Booker and Aiden and maybe throwing in Jackson or, I don't know, maybe Bridges if Jackson's is out uh, just to stack up this game a little bit. Yeah, and, like, you know, I, I talked about this the other day. It didn't work out against Utah. Uh, it was very disappointing. But, like, I, I don't mind Holmes on Fandle as a punt. He's 4K. I don't mind Troy Daniels as a punt, but shooting guard is a little bit tougher to punt today, knowing that like we could potentially have Dorsey, we have Booker, we have Wright, all these guys. So shooting guard might be a little tougher to punt. I don't ever mind punting power forward. And like Holmes is a guy, if he plays 20 minutes in this game, could crush. His minutes are all over the place right now. So that's the only concern. But, you know, just throwing that out there. Um, hey, Jimmer played 14 minutes the other night. Did you see that? Yeah, that was against Utah, though. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that'll end up happening again. I know where he lives. Fun fact: digging deep on a five-game slate. All right, <laughs> last game on the slate. We got the Lakers at Utah. No total in this one. Like Washington, the Lakers are on a back-to-back, and they're playing as we're recording. So, we're gonna put Bullock is questionable, Hart is questionable, Chandler is questionable. LeBron James is questionable, Ingram out, and Ball out. I'm just saying LeBron is questionable just because this whole load management thing on a back-to-back going into Utah. Um, Exum is out for Utah. No line on this game. Let's start with the Lakers. You know, obviously, if LeBron sits here, this game probably doesn't stay close, but it would open up a ton of value, um, a ton of usage in minutes for the Lakers. Yeah, I know if LeBron ends up sitting, then I don't mind taking a shot on Stevenson. Don't, I mean, as of recording this right now, I think Stevenson's going nuts. I think KCP's going nuts. Uh, McGee's going – went absolutely crazy in the first quarter. Um, but, yeah, if LeBron's out, then I think you can go with any of these guys and kind of just hope it stays close. Uh, McGee's fine. Kuzma stands out as a good play, but I'm a little bit worried about McGee on a back-to-back unless so Kuzma. Um, Rondo, I know he hasn't really done much lately, but he's reached high 30s minutes occasionally and could have potentially have upside. It's a five-game slate where the chalk's going to be real heavy, so taking some tournament darts on him. KCP at 5K, um, I could see him crushing value here if LeBron's out. Stevenson, uh, but that's that's really it. I think, I don't know, I, I, it, it all depends on the Conley news and the Chicago news. If a lot of that value ends up not being there because guys end up playing then i think the and and james ends up going out then i think this is where you end up looking for value this is really going to question everybody that likes to play um rondo on espn games let's see if they fire him up here against the jazz yeah it's gonna test that it's gonna test all you narrative people out there that play um rondo on espn and see if it works out but Obviously, this is really going to depend on what type of roster we're looking at here for the Lakers. Um, really going to have to adjust on, you know, if LeBron plays, I don't think I would play LeBron. 
I, I do like KCP again. Not as much as I like KCP on Tuesday. I don't mind Stevenson, but again, not as much as I liked him on Tuesday. I think um, Carisso, Carisso could be interesting here. Um, if LeBron or somebody gets ruled out, maybe his minutes go up a little bit. So just going to have to kind of pay attention to the news here and, and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, the Utah side of things. Um, Utah Jazz doing work. Um, what do we like here for Utah? I'm not a huge fan of anything. Uh, go bear. I'd rather go with J Val. I'd probably rather go with um Cantor or definitely rather go with Cantor. But go bear is in play if you're assuming this game stays close. If James plays, then I probably have a lot more interest in go bear and Mitchell, um, and favors or in Rubio. All those guys are very much in play if James ends up playing. If James doesn't end up playing, then I think it's you kind of stack this up with some other pieces from the Lakers. And just hope for the best, pretty much. Um, I mean, if we don't get James news, I think it's a decent idea over on DK to kind of stack this game up a little bit and know that you have swaps over to uh, Washington, Phoenix, uh, in case James, we get different James news than you're expecting here. So just something to keep in mind if we don't get news well ahead of time, but I'm assuming we will. But yeah, no one really stands out to me as a good play if James is in the game. but. Gobert, Mitchell, Favors, and Rubio all have huge upside versus a bad defensive Lakers team if James isn't there or if this game can just somehow stay close. Yeah, you got to remember it's a back-to-back, but you also got to remember it's a five-game slate. So don't mind taking shots here. I don't like – or I do like this spot for Rubio. If his game stays close, I think Favors could have um, a good point-per-dollar game. I don't mind Mitchell – I don't love Mitchell. He's probably my least favorite out of the four. And uh, obviously, I, I like Rudy Gobert here. Um, assuming that McGee plays, um, he should have a really good, really good game in this matchup. Yeah. All right, uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're gonna get out of here. It's a quick podcast today, but um, I still got some more baseball work to go get done. All right, Grant, give me your favorite game to go over or under. You could take one of the games that don't have a total if you just want to take a shot in the dark and say you think it's going to be more than what it's going to be. Um, I'm just going to go with the indie game to go under. All right. I'm going to take the (laughs) under in the Chicago game. Whatever it opens at, I think it's going to be too high. (laughs) Yeah. Um, under 5K to 7X, who's your cheap guy today? Oh, it's under 5K, so I can't go with exactly 5K. Yeah, no cancer for you. Oh, shoot. I'm going to go Rolo. Rolo? Did not exceed. Didn't see that one coming. I just went ballsy. There's so many guys that... Like, I could go with any of the Memphis guys. I could go with any of the Chicago guys, but it all depends on... Who's going to be out? I just felt like take, taking Rolo. Fair enough. Um, picked this guy a bunch recently. I'm just going to keep riding the hot hand, and that's uh, Tyler Dorsey. He's just been absolutely crushing. Um, Dorsey it is. Obviously, it helps if Conley sits again. Uh, Dorsey would be playing some big minutes here. Over 8K, not to 5X. Who's your bust today? Not a lot of options. Durant. All right. I'm going to go with LeBron James. I'd say that's pretty safe. 
You got yeah, 50 50 shot, he doesn't play. I know. I, I get bonus points if I call the night before that he's sitting, right? I, maybe. <laughs> um. All right. Last one here. Give me your favorite 6X play. Who's the guy Cantor. that you like the most? It's Cantor. <laughs> All right, I'll let you have the chalky canter. That's fine. I'll let you have LeBron James when he may not play. I know, but I get I get bonus points if he doesn't play. That's true. It's my game. I, I made the game. I can say if I want double points or not. You can't uh, triple stamp a double stamp. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I like a lot of plays on the slate. Don't get me wrong, but just kind of scrolling here. Looking for like a six X guy. It's tougher than I thought it was going to be. Um, just give me Lillard. I don't. I think if Lillard doesn't six X, he'd be really, really close. So, yeah. Booker was the other guy I was looking at. Just for what it's worth, like I was debating between Booker and Lillard. Um, those are probably my two favorite plays on this slate. Yeah. Um, uh, on that note, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Have you started looking at baseball yet? You excited for baseball? Oh, gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I got a decent drive tomorrow. So I'm going to be listening to some podcasts. And when I get to my destination, I will be reading a bunch of baseball stuff. And just the first time you open fan graphs is one of the most beautiful things. <laughs> In the world of the first time when played IQ went live, oh gosh, that was incredible. Yeah, played IQ. Um, they, they just knock it out of the park with played IQ. Played IQ is just absolutely awesome. Um, love played IQ. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a company man by all means. Um, but I think played IQ is just one of the best, if not the best, baseball. Um, tool in dfs in the dfs world and i'm not just saying that because i work for rg but like it's just an amazing tool if you play if you play fantasy baseball you need to get familiar with played iq yeah there's only two things you need played iq and cheese's articles and you will win money it's that simple yeah um have you, uh, you you said you haven't looked at opening day yet i i did a lot of my um opening day content today and, um, man, there's some really sneaky teams that I, I'm going to target today or for opening day. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing it all day tomorrow and obviously early in the – that's the nice part about being over multiple time zones ahead is I can wake up for a 10 or a 1 p.m. slate at a normal time instead of being on the East Coast and, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm waking up at 8 in the morning. You mean on the West Coast? <laughs> Yeah, East and West is it's still even though I'm 30 years old, every single time I try and figure out if something's East or West, I have to say never eat sour wheat, and to figure out if something's right or left, I have to lift both my hands in the air and feel, figure out which one feels weird. I don't know why I can never, for the life of me, just say right off the bat, oh, it's East or it's West or it's Left or it's Right. On that note, we're gonna get out of here. <laughs> Hope everyone has an awesome Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow with, uh, pretty sure it's Will, uh, talking some more basketball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Hey, kids.